Inspired, sharing your journey. So let's, we're gonna we're gonna head over to Dan Johnson now, and uh, we've got this great Inspired. great segment called Inspired, where we have an opportunity to um, talk with people and hear their stories, um, in hopes that we might be inspired in our own faith. So um, I'm looking forward to welcoming Dan here today. You know, we are all inspired on a spiritual journey, one that has many ups and downs, and. Each of our journeys are very unique. One thing that is true for all of our journeys, though, is we all have a story to share. It's a story of the Lord's goodness and how that we face many struggles and suffer along the way. He has promised to remain with us always, providing everything we need to continue forward on our path to holiness. What we do in this segment, like the name suggests, is share your story. Each week we'll invite our listeners to uh, share those stories, providing inspiration and uplifting stories that offer hope. Now, if you'd like to share your story in our segments, please contact our programming coordinator, Brandon Clark. That number, and we'll repeat this often throughout our show today, is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. This morning, we'd like to welcome Dan Johnson. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. <laughs> Dan, it's great, to be talk- to, it. yeah, it's great to be talking with you. I, I just got to warn you, I know both of you, you and I are very long-winded people, but we've only got 20 minutes to tell a whole story, so <laughs> buckle up and let's see how this goes, buddy. <laughs> All right. We'll so I, I think... I think to start, maybe just maybe just a, a brief kind of like a little bit about yourself, and maybe that can kind of enter into um, your story um, and some suffering and how the Lord was in the midst of that. Yeah. So I'm I, currently I'm married. I have uh, two stepchildren, and I work uh, actually for the church in the Brainerd Lakes area. Um, I'm a youth minister. I teach our RCAA classes, and I also do uh, sacramental prep um, with second grade parents. Uh, for those that are receiving First Communion and uh, making their first reconciliation. Yeah, great. Uh, a job that I would have never in my wildest dreams imagined um, doing this. And number two, I would have never dreamed that um, I would actually feel like a a sense of fulfillment Hmm. and actually serving and doing the Lord's will uh, in this capacity. Yeah, it's Um, beautiful. And I I always look at you, Dan, as as like your story... um, is, is an opportunity to share with both young people and parents to give them hope um, in the midst of their sufferings and struggles, how God takes our story and then uses it um, to inspire other people. Um, is, yeah. Is, you see that? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I, uh, so I, I grew up um, in a Catholic household. We went to Mass every Sunday. Um, I, I would say uh, I didn't have... Um, I've always believed in God. That was never a challenge for me. But the idea of, like, he's working personally and speaking to me every day and I can see it, I just wasn't aware of it. Um, and it really wasn't, <clears throat> actually, it was through suffering that uh, that, that actually really became uh, apparent to me. Um, yeah. The way the Lord speaks and really that God is personal and desires to speak to us in a personal way. Um, is that, and, I, I, go ahead. I, I think that's, I just want to stop you real quick. Like, that's incredible how... Like, lots of times, I think sometimes we think we're going to find the Lord. I mean, and we do, but in kind of the mountaintop experiences and how we feel so close to God. But, but so often, I know as a priest and as I work with people, it's often in the midst of suffering where they feel the closest to Christ and where things become really personal, um, a, a, as you shared. And, and I, I really appreciate you saying that because people need to hear that, that often it's yeah. in their suffering that the Lord is really close to them. Um, and, and, and how did you find the Lord close to you, and what was your situation that, that led to, to that realization? Yeah, so I, I had uh, I got married uh, to my first 
wife Brenda at 23 years old, and uh, we were actually living in Duluth um, at the time, and we had what I call three years of uh, wedded bliss, and uh, <laughs> which also included me finding out that marriage requires a death to self. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a way for me to get everything I wanted. Yeah. So it, it was a lot of me, well, it's still me growing up at 45 years old, but um, we, after those, through those three years, uh, Brenda started, she was sick and just not feeling well and had been going to the doctor for almost a year. Um, and they found what they thought was going to just be an ovarian cyst. And so they scheduled the surgery, said, shouldn't be a big deal. Um, we might have to remove one of the ovaries, and this is super common at this age. And so we called her, both of us called our families because we weren't, we didn't have any family living in Duluth. And so we just said Brenda's going to have surgery. Um, and the, the doctor told her there, so there's a chance that it, that it could be a tumor, but at 26 years old, that's highly unlikely. So that's, we went into it, um, kind of with that sort of a mindset that this really isn't going to be a big deal. Hmm. Um, and our, our faith life, we both we were we were married in the church, and we went to mass on Sunday. And every once in a while, we would go to confession, and that was really the extent of our prayer life. Yeah, um, we didn't we didn't have com- conversations about God and our relationship with Him around the dinner table or anything. It was literally we went to mass. Every once in a while, we'd go to confession, and so we went into this surgery uh, with that in mind. And it was supposed to be like hour and a half, maybe a couple hour uh, surgery. And about three, probably about three hours into it, uh, the nurse uh, from the operating room, she came in and she said that the surgeon wanted to see me in the consult room. So I said, all right. So I went into the consult room and this is, remember, I, we had no family there. So I'm sitting there by myself hmm. and the surgeon comes in and I will, I'll never forget her words. She said to me, um, she said, it's a mess. Hmm. And she told, she said that, um, that Brenda has what looks to be um, cancer and that it is spread basically through most of her abdomen. And her question for me was, what would Brenda want? Um, and she, so she, was, she basically said that we, you know, we could do a radical hysterectomy, basically take everything out we can to try to get rid of as much cancer. And so my only response to her was that, that Brenda would want to live. Mm. And wow. So to do anything and everything they can really to save her. And I, I had no idea. Neither one of us had cancer in our family. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, we know what to expect here. So I'll, I'll never forget. So we have this brief, this brief moment uh, with the surgeon. And, of course, she leaves because uh, Brenda's still in surgery. It was, I think, almost seven hours um, was uh, was her surgery and so i that it was in that moment when she left and i'm sitting in that room by myself um that i really feel like was the beginning of my relationship with the lord it didn't feel like it it wasn't like a transfiguration <laughs> experience right. of this is amazing lord yeah. um but it's probably the most helpless i have ever been in my life hmm. it's like it's like it's um, like the, you're in the agony of the garden like you're in that place where christ yeah. is like 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 let this cup pass, <laughs> like, but yeah. but Lord, your will, not my will, be done. Um, that's yeah. an important thing I think for everyone out there to remember that there's those moments where we're suffering, we're struggling. Uh, there's diagnoses, there's there's struggles, but but Lord, like I embrace this suffering even as empty as it as it, as it feels. For those yeah. of us that have just joined us this morning, uh, we are listening to Real Presence Radio. You are listening to Real Presence Radio. Our uh, topic right now is inspired sharing your journey with our guest Dan Johnson. Truly a, a story. Wow. 
Yeah, you know, Dan, just to kind of go a little further, just because I know the story, there's that, that, there's that like, that there's that moment where you had said a priest had asked Brenda a specific question and yeah. how, how that kind of like just changed everything in some ways. Do you want to talk about that, just that yeah. moment where yeah, the priest sure. ministered to you guys? Yep. So we, we after her, so her first surgery took place and, and we went home and that really was, it, it completely shook us both to the core. Uh, and I, I actually still remember, she was in the hospital recovering for several days, and I still remember the first time I went home to shower. I just remember walking on the sidewalk in Duluth, watching all the traffic, thinking to myself, how can you people go on? Do you have any idea? Like, that's how shaken I was. I was like, how can the world continue to go when this yeah. is happening in my life? Right. And so um, we began uh, different uh, cancer treatments, and eventually we ended up going down to a place called MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. Mm. And that's where she, we spent about three years traveling there. And I'll never forget, when we checked in, you could check the box saying that you're Catholic and you'd want to see a chaplain. And so we did, and Father John came to our room, and he had been there for years. He, he knew what he was doing, although we didn't know that. Yeah. He walks in the room, and I'll never forget, he made small talk with us for like maybe a couple minutes at yeah. best. And then he looked right at Brenda, and he said, what scares you the most about dying? Hmm. And both of us were like... It, it kind of set both of us back. Like, wow, that's, uh, I guess we're going to just cut right to it. That's some serious straight talk. (laughs) (laughs) And, but what it did was really open the door for us. Um, because it's almost, we don't want to talk about it. It's kind of like, if you think about a kid, you know, plugging their ears and making noise. So they don't like whatever the issue is, it's just going to go away. Um, and actually the greatest way, um, for us to deal with fear is to actually face it and ask it, you know, why is this here right now? What is it that I'm actually afraid of? And so that, that was really for us, um, started asking questions about, is eternal life real? Is there, like, are we really planning for? So her and I spent really the next four years just diving into our faith. We asked the questions, why are we Catholic? Because the only reason we were is just we were raised that way. And so uh, that question really led into us asking, why are we Catholic? Why do we do the things that we do? And is the Lord, is he really good? If, if at 26 years old, my wife has stage four ovarian cancer, how do we reconcile with that with God being good? Yeah, I, 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 and again, I just, we're going to take a little bit of a break in a few, a few minutes here. Um, but it's just a reminder that like, there's that agony in the garden, and then there's that embracing the cross. You know, and I, I see your story of kind of living out that passion in some ways in your own story. And you had to embrace the cross and face the reality of the, the suffering. And, and that priest asks you, what are you afraid of? Like, I'm afraid of the cross. Like, that's scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think when we, when we get back, we can talk about how that then led to resurrected life in both you and Brenda. Um, yeah. Your journey just leads us through the Paschal mystery. Um, and, and, and I, I want to get to that um, after our break. If you're out there listening, I, I just really encourage you to, to, to what, what are you facing right now? Like, what, what's, what's, what's the agony in the garden? What's the, what's the cross that the Lord is asking you to carry? And I hope when we get back, like, Dan can give you some hope because the reality of being a young man, his wife having cancer and, and that struggle, we're, we want to talk about the resurrected life. So we'll be back um, in, in, in a moment, and we're looking forward to having Dan back here and to continue his story and to talk a little bit about resurrected life with Christ. Um, we look forward to being back with you. Um, God bless you, and we'll see you right after our break. Inspired, sharing your journey. 
And welcome back. We are live from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia on this glorious, sunny morning here in uh, Virginia, Minnesota. We are part of the Diocese of Duluth, Virginia, again, located uh, about an hour, an hour and a half uh, north of Duluth, Minnesota, and it is just a glorious day. I am Mark Cheney, your host, and we are joined today by Father Brandon Moravitz, and our guest today for this segment of our program is... Um, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Well, welcome back, Dan. Um, I appreciate you just kind of beginning to share your testimony. Again, we've got a short amount of time and to talk about some major life situations. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to jump back on, but I, w- I want to just, can you kind of just continue a little bit of like how that suffering started transitioning to joy and hope in the midst of the suffering and what, how Christ and the church helped you get to a place where um, you could grab the cross and, and let things go and how, what that experience of, of consolation was like, even in the midst of suffering. Yeah. So I, I, for me personally, it was really going through suffering is what actually made me reach out to God hmm. with, like, with everything that I had. Because prior to that, my life was, you know, things seemed to be going good. Yeah, I mean, it almost seemed as if I could live almost without a relationship with God, and things just kept on going fine. And so it was, I, I believe that God allowed this. In some ways, I needed to go through this to actually wake up and to actually realize my dependency on Him is actually way greater than I ever dreamed. Yeah, that I, it could be. I'm, I'm struck. I'm struck by you saying you needed to go through this. Like, how often would someone face the death of a, a spouse and look back and say, "I needed to go through that," you know? And yeah. I, I think again for anybody out there that's suffering to remember that that somehow God's providence and timing is perfect, and sometimes He allows that intense suffering. But but sometimes we need to go through that, and I, I appreciate yeah. you saying that because that's part of the resurrected life. Yes. And yeah. I think the through the process there was not. I would not say that I experienced like great periods of despair. Yeah. There were there were moments where I thought, Lord, how much longer are you going to let this go on? Mm. Um, I definitely had moments of just asking the Lord, how much longer are you going to let this go? Because in some ways, if you even ask the people that are uh, suffering with cancer, um, some of them will tell you that they think it may be harder on the people that are watching it than the people that are actually experiencing it. Yeah, and by the time Brenda went to be with the Lord, she had become so selfless. Hmm. Her concerns were for the people that she was leaving behind, and um, just really wanting to pray for them. And there were so many family members on on both her side and my side that um, even ten year old nieces and nephews that were really transformed watching her die Hmm. um, a, a peaceful death. And really surrendered to Lord. We prayed for a miracle for healing right up until the very end. Yeah. Um, but we also trusted that the Lord, in His providence, He knows what He's doing. There's not a single person that He brings home that is a, that is a surprise to Him. Yeah. And I, one of the things I want in talking with people that I, um, I always ask the question, especially when we're dealing with losing a loved one in a time that just seems like it's it's too soon, is if you could see that this was the only way for your loved one to be saved, to spend eternity with the God who is love, hmm. would you have it any other way? Hmm. And I, I have yet to find somebody that would actually say I would <laughs> would choose something different. Yeah, you and know, so, I, 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 I often, just at, at funerals sometimes, you know, I'll... I'll it, 
I'll say to people, like, nobody really wants to live in the craziness of this world for 200 years, you know? Like, yeah. like, like in some ways, I mean, <laughs> death is so hard and it's dark, but yet there's a giftedness in that because of the resurrected life. And, and it, it's so beautiful for your, you to share that testimony about that reality of, like, the way Brenda handled that and the way you handled that. Um, and, you know, God's brought you to tell the story and to inspire other people. Uh, and, and, like, where's we only have about five minutes left so uh so you have this experience now how did you process through that to get to where you're at now because i know now you're you're, you're remarried and you've got some some stepchildren and you're working for the church and I, I find you as a man of great joy um and that might be a counter like it's it's a counterintuitive to people to see your story and see you be filled with joy you know and so how yeah. have you gotten to this place <laughs> yeah how have you gotten to this place um despite all the suffering that you faced yeah so I, I think the going through um, the, the suffering with Brenda and her death really brought up in me, I had never in my life, even growing up Catholic, I had never asked God, what do you want me to do? Hmm. I, I, it was the life I was leading was kind of like, it, it just felt like I, w- I was falling into this and okay, this is working out. And I fell in. It's nothing that I actually chose after asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And it and it was really it was really through um, meeting him in the midst of suffering that actually convinced me that his love is so so unbelievable. Um, and if he's made me for a plan, that then I have to ask him the question: What is it you want me to do? And so that led me to I I was had discerned priesthood for a couple of years. I spent two years in the seminary, and with the help of my spiritual director, discerned that I should probably look at getting married again and i would have growing up i never i thought like church work was would have been super boring um and i can tell you now i you couldn't pay me to leave uh you couldn't pay me enough to leave what i'm doing now yeah. uh, working in the church and this is that's why it's also kind of the marks of the holy spirit especially the youth ministry part when they offered me this position i i spent like two days pouting with god saying oh i don't I don't even like teenagers, and that's what I thought. And But I thought, okay, they're offering this position, so I told the Lord I'm going to just take it. Well, it turns out I, I love what I'm doing. Hmm. Um, and it's that's one of the things we just simply need to trust God, because He will, sometimes He chooses things for us that we think at the outset, gosh, I wouldn't have chosen that for me, but He knows us better than we know ourselves. Amen. And so Amen. to, to allow, just simply to allow Him... Um, to do with us as like use us the way that, that the instruments that he made us to be. Yeah, it's so good. I, I you know, to kind of wrap up in these last couple of minutes, Dan. I, I, um, I, you know, we've had this conversation before, and I just want to close with this that I think often there's a there's this idea of kind of this prosperity gospel that if we follow Jesus, we're going to be rich, we're going to be happy, everything's going to be good, and then like suffering comes and then people start doubting God and his existence and like how could a good God let all this stuff happen and, and the reality our Catholic theology and our, our, our Catholic belief is this has nothing to do with prosperity like Jesus said pick up your cross and suffer you know and yeah, I'll be in yeah. that and, and just to close up could you just speak to that briefly just and anybody out there just might be misguided and thinking that following the Lord is going to be easy um, so we yeah. only got a minute but if you could just speak to that just for 30 seconds yeah I think that Jesus does not promise uh, to save us from suffering, what he promises us is to be with us. 
And I forget if it's St. Teresa of Avila or St. Catherine of Siena that says that he who has God lacks nothing. There is nothing truer than that. That so meaning in the midst of suffering, if the God who is love, the God of the universe that created all of this, if he is my father and he is with me, what could I possibly fear? Yeah. And, the, and the answer is actually nothing. Uh, Amen. That we Amen. don't need to walk in fear. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of wrap this up. I, like, the, one of the most common things Jesus said is be not afraid. I mean, yeah. he spoke to that because he knew we were going to be fearful people. Um, yeah. And so I just want to thank you for being here today and for being a witness of, of those, those great words, be not afraid. Um, and, Dan, you're inspiring to me. Um, it's a joy to be working with you in the church and, and trying to proclaim the gospel and bring people to the Lord and the gift of the church. Um, so I wish you nothing but the best. Keep praying for us. We're praying for you. And uh, thanks for being here today. Awesome. Thanks, Father. All right, buddy. God bless you.